Hello and welcome to Reality Speaks. My name is Jake Norton, and I am going to be your host today. Um, this is the podcast where we ask questions. What's really going on in the world? What does the Bible really say? And what are we as Christians supposed to do about it? And today... Uh, We're going to do things a little bit differently and take a short interruption from our regularly scheduled programming. We are uploading a little off our regular episode schedule, and we're talking about something a little off our scheduled episode layout for the month of December, holiday of Christmas. We are talking today... About a not so silent night. And technically, we aren't talking, unless you're just relating me to you, um, because it is solo. I'm flying solo today. So, without further ado, let's get on into the episode. As I say, we'd consider a not so silent night. So as you may notice, actually you probably haven't noticed yet, but I am alone doing this solo. Uh, So I'd kind of like to do our normal stuff that I said we were going to do this week with people helping me. But as is... I am going this alone. I haven't done a lot of monologue podcasts, but welcome to a monologue podcast. The reason why is actually um, kind of my topic today. I I talked recently about, uh, I, I think I said it last week, Silent Night is one of the most inaccurate Christmas songs that there is. I stand by that statement, yet still. But Silent Night talks about um, the night Jesus was born. Um, That's literally what the words say. It says it's the night, "'Twas the night our Savior was born," or something after those manner. I don't actually have the lyrics in front of me, but it's a pretty commonly known song, Silent Night, Holy Night, All is Calm, All is Bright, Round Yon Virgin, Mother and Child, Holy Infant, So Tender and Mild. Um, Christ the Savior is born, Christ the Savior is born. So far, nothing wrong, but it does mention uh, the little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes at one point. And I just don't think that's true. He is a baby. Babies cry. And on the day he's born, I'm sure he's probably crying more than usual, especially if he's in a cold, dark stable. That's the way the babies work. <laughs> um, Babies cry when there's a reason to cry. And I would call being cold and dark and surrounded by smelly animals a reason to cry. Especially when you're less than a day old. 
Anyway, I stand by my statement. Silent Night is not entirely an inaccurate Christmas song. But that's not really what I'm talking about today. But I am talking about another night that was definitely not silent. Um, I'm going to address an entirely different night. A not-so-silent night. Jesus is about two or three at this point, and his family still lives in Bethlehem. Uh, And an unknown number of men from the East, who are called wise, wise men from the East, uh, they come searching for him after they have seen a star in the sky. They see the star in the sky, and as men who consider themselves to be wise often do, they choose, rather than following God's leading, the star, to use their own common sense. And once they get to the general area of the star, they go to the capital city of the nation, Jerusalem, because they believe the star is a sign that a king has been born. And, well, where do kings live? The capital city, of course. So they go to the capital city because all logic states the king will be in the capital city. In fact, logic states the king will be in the palace. So they go to the palace. And they inquire after the king that lives in the palace, a man named Herod, and say, where is he that is born king of the Jews? King gets a little iffy on that statement because... No one is born king. He was born a prince, not a king. So he starts saying, well, where is he supposed to be born? Because I know nothing about any king that has been born. I don't know about this. Please enlighten me. So he consults the... Uh, scribes, the people who keep track of prophecies, because it seems they're talking about a divine king, not just a human king. After checking with the scribes, they find prophecies that say that the king is to be born in Bethlehem. So they, at this point, continue to follow the star. To see where he truly is. They follow the star and they find the star leads them all the way to the house where Jesus lives. But in the fact, in their little pit stop in Jerusalem, they spell danger for the very people who live in that little town of Bethlehem. Because a jealous king tells them, tell me where he lives. Once you find him, come back and tell me where this child lives. This jealous king wants no competition. So his intention is that once he finds out where this king is, he is going to kill him. But the wise men are wiser than this king, and they end up leaving in a different route after delivering their gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh to the true king. 
in frustration at being slighted, though. Frustration that he had been slighted by the wise men and jealousy that anyone else might be called king in, in Jerusalem. Anyone else might be called king in Israel. Anyone else might be called king of the Jews. This man named Herod orders what is known by many as the slaughter of the innocents. He mandates every boy three and under be murdered. And... I'm not going to understate this. This is truly a tragic thing. Babies get killed. Toddlers get killed in this story. Everyone under three years old, every boy under the age of three is to be murdered. They send soldiers out and they are killing innocent children. Is that what you picture when you picture Christmas? Is this what comes to mind when you think Christmas story? We all are so comfortable with this statement. Uh, when we think Christmas, we, we think angels in the sky. Angels we have heard on high, sweetly singing over the plains. We picture the angels. We picture glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. In fact, that's what we talked about last week. We talked about what's Christmas really all about? And Linus comes up. He says, lights, please. He says, and there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And then he talks about the angels and the glory of the Lord shining round about them. Yes, I know it was hard for Mary, but at the same time, every hardship that she faced, she was also told, who am I that the mother of my Lord would come to me? He, she's told that her son will be for the rising and falling of many in Israel. That uh, we have the promise of a savior. You should call, call his name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. He will save his people from their sins. What else can we say to that? What else can we say to these things but that Jesus is here to save the world? Yet in the same time, in the same chapter where we're told about wise men coming from the east to worship the Savior who has been born, we get this jarring verse. Then Herod, when he saw he was mocked of the wise men, was exceeding wroth, sent forth, and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem, and in all the coasts thereof, from two years old and under, sorry, I said three earlier, but two years old and under, according to the time when he had diligently inquired of the wise men. Children are murdered. And this is the Christmas story. This is what we use for a Christmas story, guys. And then it was fulfilled, that which was spoken by Jeremy the prophet, or as you know, the book of the Bible is called Jeremiah the prophet, saying, In Ramah there was a voice heard, lamentation and weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and would not be comforted, because... They are not. That's Christmas in this 
portion of the story. This is Christmas. Rachel weeping for her children would not be comforted because they are not. And honestly, uh, as rough as it sounds to call that Christmas, there are some people who might be able to relate to this passage at Christmas. People who have lost loved ones during this time. And some people lost even more than just loved ones. And for me personally, this passage came to my mind because of something uh, very close to home. This past Friday night, December 10th, 2021, I uh, had my own little um, flight from comfort. Uh, we were in the middle of doing some Christmas shopping for a Christmas party that was supposed to happen on December the 11th. Uh, we were out of town doing Christmas shopping. And as we pulled out of the city where we had went to the mall to buy those various Christmas presents for the youth class, we are, we come to be on the run from an approaching storm. As we, as the storm just seems to be with us every step of the way, we go, we are... Uh, pelted by hail and thunder and lightning is going on all around us. The radio is telling us tornadoes all around. And as we approach one city, it says the tornado also approaches that city. As we come to the next city, the approach tornado gets to that city. And then finally, as I, as we enter the exit for my hometown of Dawson Springs, Kentucky, the radio tells us that a tornado has come into Dawson Springs. And I finally make it home. The power goes out the minute that I pull in. And we, me, my sister, my mom, and my little baby nephew are huddled in a stairwell as mere miles away families are losing homes losing possessions and some even their lives to a record breaking tornado when finally we hear that the storm has calmed um my brother-in-law Texas who you all know on this podcast um is wanting to know how his house is. He wants to go home to his own house, to see his house. And I don't know if it was just curiosity, really. I don't know what it was exactly that you could call it, but we um, climb into my dad's truck and approach town. Uh, we had heard during a phone call with what little service our phones could muster up that um, our hometown of Dawson Springs had been flattened, was the word that we were told. It was flattened. And um, I'm, I'm sitting here. We live about 10, 5 to 10 miles out of town. 
and um, we just think that it's uh, maybe a little bit exaggerated. So we try to head towards my brother-in-law's house, lives about two towns away. And so we decide we're going to drive through Dawson to get to his hometown of St. Charles, where we typically record our podcast. And we, at first, the city looks fairly normal, other than the fact that the power's out. Um, And then as we get to Wardstown, we begin to see red and blue flashing lights. And I don't mean Christmas lights. I mean ambulances. Police cars, fire trucks. And we find out one road is blocked, so we turn down another. And we start to see power poles down. We start to see buildings gone. And we realize there is indeed damage. As we get farther down the road, we realize the road is blocked. And we ask the question, how are we going to get through? I'm thinking, how are we going to get through this to get to his house? And then suddenly, flash of lightning, and it's revealed. In that moment, I realize it's gone. The apartments that we are trying to drive through are gone. Factory buildings, gone. Uh, and my brother-in-law says, as he realizes the Dairy Queen he used to work at, he's wondering, is that even there anymore? This city is indeed been demolished. Yes, it's not as bad as some of the other places that this record-breaking tornado ripped through. Um, there's a city in Mayfield, Kentucky that's much worse off than Dawson Springs. Um, and it's pretty bad. And this tornado ripped through four different states, 200 miles of the state of Kentucky, quite possibly. And in the midst of all this, it's Christmas. There are people out there singing Silent Night and Joy to the World, but here in Dawson Springs, there's Christmas wrapping paper shredded up in mangled fences. There's Christmas presents that are destroyed. Much of the red and blue lights that we saw that night were not paired with jingle bells and sleigh bells, but instead were paired with emergency sirens and... There are kids out there more worried about where are my parents than where is Santa. The Christmas song that's coming most to mind right now for me is not Silent Night. It's not Joy to the World. But instead it's these words. I heard the bells on Christmas Day. Their old familiar carols play and wild and sweet the words repeat. Of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And thought how as the day had come, the belfries of all Christendom had rolled all along the unbroken song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. 
and in despair I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. You see, this was a poem originally written by a man named Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, who about a year or two earlier in 1861, two years before he wrote this poem, his peace was shaken when his second wife of 18 years was fatally burned in an accidental fire. And then 1863, the year he writes this poem, his oldest son joins the Union Army and goes to war. Ends up severely wounded in the Battle of Mine Run. While his son would eventually recover, his time as a soldier was over. Henry Wadsworth Longfellow could not seem to fathom peace in the midst of the turmoil surrounding him. Yet he heard the word of the angels in Luke 2.14, Peace on earth, goodwill toward men. He finally goes out, then pealed the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail. Peace on earth, goodwill to men. Peace on earth, goodwill to men. Here's the simple truth. It's a messed up world out there. People are dying. There are missing people. Dying people. There were texts sent back and forth on our family's group messages reporting the many dead being found and the injured. The reports of buildings that were once there that are no longer there in the midst of our tornado incident. And it comes to mind what was said that night in Bethlehem and in the surrounding areas. Rachel is weeping for her children because they are not. Rachel weeping for her children because they are not. But Matthew did suggest something else besides just that the children are gone and dead. In Jeremiah, originally, where this uh, quote came from, Jeremiah chapter number 31, Jeremiah is talking about being um, in the midst of tragedy, surrounded by people that are running away from the people that are running away in exile. And he says these words, Thus saith the Lord, a voice was heard in Ramah, lamentation and bitter weeping. Rahel, weeping for her children, refused to be comforted for her children because they were not. Thus saith the Lord. Oh, there's more to this quote? Thus saith the Lord, refrain thy voice from weeping and thine eyes from tears. For thy work shall be rewarded, says the Lord, and they shall come again from the land of the enemy. 
And there is hope in thine end, saith the Lord, that thy children shall come again to their own border. He says, don't weep. There is hope on the way. It looks bad now. But the Bible says, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. While this was called a prophecy of the destruction that would be wrought, he said, don't weep. There is joy that is coming. It says, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And it's hard to say right now when we are seeing reports of uh, death and destruction around us. But Jeremiah said, there is hope. You will come again into your promise. God is not done. God is still at work. He, the same God that is in the midst of you right now while you are surrounded by death and destruction is the very same God that says all things do work together for good. What you meant for evil, God meant for good. To save much people alive was the words that Joseph would say when his brothers came to him saying that they were so sorry for what had happened. They were so sorry for what had happened. Well, we're not sure exactly what is going to come on the horizon. But what came for Jeremiah's people that were put into exile, the exile would indeed come to an end. And it would come to an end with the fact that there was one boy. There was this one boy who would survive that slaughter, who was in that age group. And his name was Jesus. And he was called Jesus because he would save people from their sins. From the very same type of destruction that was surrounding them in the days of Herod. He would come again. He would come again to the land. He would survive. He would make it out. And let me just tell you. It may look bad now. But your promise has indeed survived. All the time, at that time, all hope looked lost, but there was a child that survived. That child was the very hope personified. While Herod sent out people to destroy all those children, there was one child, the one child that he was trying to wipe out, that survived. He made it. He survived. And he was hope. His blood would save us. His resurrection would give us power that we would be able to overcome anything that our enemy might do. Thank you all for tuning in today. And I just want you to know, um, if you are in the midst of absolute chaos right now, no matter what's been destroyed, no matter what it looks like it's going to turn out to be, you are going to make it. God loves you. God has a plan for you. And what the enemy may mean for evil, he will work it out 
for your good. Thank you for tuning in and um, Merry Christmas. Before we wrap up this uh, podcast entirely, I would like to pray. Lord, I know some stuff right now is far from ideal. It's um, never been ideal, and I'm, I know it will never be ideal until the day that we move past looking back to your first time coming to this earth and forward to the day that you actually do return to this earth. I know it's not perfect, but in the midst of imperfection, I praise you and I thank you that we are looking forward to a day when light is going to shine forth, that a new day has dawned, and I thank you that you came, that even in the midst of the chaos of that day, there was a king that was there, one who was indeed born king of the Jews. I thank you that you are still that same Savior that you were then, and in fact it is even better because in that day the fullness of the promise had not yet come, but in our day the fullness of the promise has come, and we can turn to you, we can be filled with your Spirit, we can be born again of the water and of the Spirit, and I thank you so much for that. God, you are good, God, you are holy, and God, you are righteous. I pray that in this moment today that someone would be filled with a revelation of the joyous hope that is found in your name. In the name of Jesus, I love you and I thank you for saving us. Even in the midst of chaos, I love you, Lord, and I thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen.